It's in the news today, but it was actually on TV Reload, the podcast, last week. Welcome back to TV Reload. My name is Benjamin Norris, and on this podcast, I go behind the scenes with the biggest players in television. Each episode, you will get a front row seat with content makers like executive producers, writers, editors, and casting agents, plus the talent that we see on our screens. TV Reload reloads the shows that we're all currently watching and gives you a better insight into our television industry and our streaming services. Today on the podcast, I have a special chat with Hollywood film and television actor Michael Kelly, who is promoting the latest series Jack Ryan, which launches season three this week on Prime Video Australia. Michael Kelly plays Mike November alongside Jack Ryan, who's played by John Krasinski, who is an international fugitive who is again racing against the clock to prevent global catastrophe. The popular characters are from the best-selling novels written by Tom Clancy, novels that live in most homes around the world. Michael Kelly is an actor who I honestly love. He's played many roles in film and television like House of Cards and the film Unbreakable. I will ask Michael today how this role came about, what producers promised him, and why his role has changed a little bit in Series 3. We will also talk about that iconic role in Unbreakable, because that film I absolutely love, and of course I'll find out what he's up to here in Australia. However, let's get started on today's episode as I welcome Michael Kelly to the podcast, TV Reload. Jack Ryan, I think, plays really well in long format. Jack, I can only imagine what's going on in your head right now. So I wasn't ready necessarily to commit to another six-year show. Every day you're on the run, you're digging a hole that you may not be able to get out of. Those two men playing the same character, of course you're going to get similarities. A small group of hardline Russians formed a plan to preserve the USSR. Mike November went through a real uh, transition, especially the way we see him in, in season three. You're about to cross the line, and there may be no going back. Because I'm trying to do the right thing. Tell me where it stands. Tell me what to say. Like, <laughs> dance, dance, monkey. Hi, Michael Kelly. How are you? And welcome to Australia. I'm very well, Benjamin Norris. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me. And it's, it's incredible here. Did you uh, decide to come to Australia to launch this new series of Jack Ryan or did John drag you here? Like what's made you come down to Australia? You know, I'm not sure I've heard different things about how this all went down because we were in Brazil. We had to go to the CIA after that, or we, I'm sorry, we got to go to the CIA after that and then came here. So it's, it's been a a bit of crazy travel, but John was here obviously working or or working on post-production on his film. And I think the way it went was uh, he was speaking with Alex, one of our publicists here, and said, well, Michael Kelly will come. I know he'll come. <laughs> I was like, and then they called. I was like, hell yeah, I'll come. So as hard as it's been, I was just like, I am not going to pass up the opportunity to to see Australia. I've never been here. So Had you been? So you'd never been here before? Never. No. Nope, oh, wow. Nope. So I feel so grateful uh, to have got to come on this trip. We need to talk about the show, but I feel like, you know, all Aussies love to give you the suggestion as to where to go. Have you just stayed in Sydney or are you going to try and venture out? I did already, man. I got to go to the Great Barrier Reef. That's all. That's all I was going to suggest. That's it. You're done. You finished Australia. (laughs) I went to that beautiful little Elliott Island eco resort. I cannot say enough about that place is so special. You know, it's nothing like a, it's not like a crazy fancy resort. It's a you know, self-sustaining dirt runway. Like it was magical. And I truly feel more connected to myself and to the earth than than I have in a very long time. I'm glad that you had that opportunity. I did breakfast radio for three years right near the Great Barrier Reef. And we used to take competition winners 
to Lady Elliot, you know, just on the weekend, just as you do. Is it not the most insane thing you've ever, like, I, I just couldn't believe it, man. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it's funny, right? They give you the earplugs for next to your bed. And I was like, why in the world would you need earplugs in the <laughs> middle of nowhere? And then you, the birds, they don't stop. They don't They're, stop. <laughs> they don't stop. They just keep going all through the night, all through the morning. But I, I didn't wear the earplugs and I didn't, I just left the screen door open and, or the screen door closed. Sorry, I'm not going to, I'm not that crazy. Australian <laughs> spiders and snakes will come and get you, mate. <laughs> no, it was so funny. We went back to a room one night and I, and I went to close my door and something just came flying in. I was like, son of a bitch, what was that? <laughs> I was just like, I'm not going to find it. I'm not going to find it. So we're sleeping together tonight. <laughs> well congratulations congratulations on this role you know i grew up watching Thanks. and loving the tom clancy characters you know how well did you know the universe before signing up as mike november uh i knew you know i most american men my age were boys during the the comeuppance of tom clancy jack ryan so yeah, you lived for it man it was like the who was playing him next what was the what's what was going to be the story and what was going to be the film and it's a, it's a really big deal in our country. I'm I'm not sure about here, but he's a, he's an icon, and so to get to be a part of that was just an incredible honor, man. All I remember was so my um, my stepfather was English and my grandfather Australian, but they loved the books, and so whenever a film came out, right back to the Hunt for Red October, we all got dragged as kids off to see the films, so we didn't miss any of them, and I can still remember. Patriot Games, there was a scene on the roof and I was so terrified that my mum had to take me out to get a choc top. So uh, the series is in my DNA. <laughs> and and so when you get, you know, I was still on House of Cards or I was finishing the end of that run and and I got the call, you know, would you be, be interested in coming to join Jack Ryan for a year for one season? And I was like, oh, hell yeah. You know, I didn't have to make, because typically when you jump onto another show, it's a six-year contract. While that sounds good for the actor, it's not. It's it's beneficial to the studio only. They can they can keep you for six years, but if you want out, you can't get out. So I wasn't ready necessarily to commit to another six year show. So they were like Jack Ryan, one season, you're in and out. I was like, sweet, like I get to be a part. <laughs> they sent me the first episode of the first season they did, and I was like, oh my god, this looks like a movie. Like John was so terrific as Jack Ryan. I was like, yeah, guys, I, I'm in. And then it just, thankfully, kept going. So I also love that you had sort of requirements because House of Cards was so iconic. And obviously, you were kind of tired and looking for something different. So you said, you know, don't put me in a suit. And then yeah. the first day you turned up, they put you in a suit for Jack Ryan. And I just thought that was that was genius. <laughs> totally, because the producers, they straight up lied to me. They're like, no, man, maybe like, you know, a couple scenes in a suit and tie maybe maybe like but hardly at all and i was like all right cool oh by the way i don't speak spanish either and they were like no problem he hardly speaks any spanish i was like okay cool i can because if you need someone to speak spanish you guys should probably hire someone else even though i really wanted the job i was just being 100 percent on it cut to me having to learn interrogation scenes in spanish and wearing a suit and tie i just can't believe how good you are at this and i honestly thought they'd kill you off in series two so i was surprised uh, pleasantly, but to see you back for season three. And I also noticed yeah. that they're getting you to do more things, which made me wonder, did you say, get rid of the ties, get rid of the Spanish. I want to go out and do some more action. Did they write that in for you or were you just pleasantly surprised well, that they'd... I, I certainly, you know, while we were doing two and as we got to the end of two and 
you, you saw as as Mike turned it, turned his back, so to speak, on the CIA because he knew it was the right thing to do in his heart. He knew Jack was right, and he was like, "I'm throwing it on the line. I'm going." So as that happened, I think the interesting thing that happened with that was the relationship with Greer and and Jack. Their relationship grew. Um, there was a familiarity, and it also happened to coincide with me and John and Wendell becoming very tight and very good friends. And so that sense of humor that we have in real life started to started to write some lines for that. And then it, it's sort of the character, you know, on a show like this, you don't typically get to see a character make such a change. You know, the, these shows are pretty straightforward. That's your character. That's who you play. And but Mike November went through a real uh, transition, especially the way we see him in, in season three. You know, he's he's off on his own, and um, and Jack needs his help. So it it's been a you know uh, a great challenge as an actor to to also get to do that and change. You know, well, I have it on good authority that you get along with John very well because I've been watching. Uh, a lot of interviews and I spoke to publicity and they were like, you guys have been having a really good time. What do you think it is about the relationship between the two of you that means you guys have such a good time together? I think, I don't know, really. I mean, I guess we're, we're very similar people. We're both uh, family first guys, you know, like the, we, we, we share the same values. Um, I'm not going to say we share the same sense of humor because he is 10 times funnier than I am, but uh we we have a good laugh often and so it was one of those things where we just we met and it was like oh it's like my brother man <laughs> this is great you know and <laughs> and that relationship just grew and grew and grew and i think at its core it's that we're both inside kind of the same person and that you know there's nothing more important than family and and there's nothing more important than every single place we went because we travel a lot for this show we we literally travel the world and it's all about grabbing that experience wherever we are, you know, and we, we both see that the same way. Like we get to a city and it's like, we're off, you know, like we're going to go see and do anything and everything there is to do in those places. And so we're adventurers, I guess, as well. <laughs> I'm always thinking of the outtakes though, because I mean, you know, I think it's super hilarious <laughs> that you and John have a laugh so much, you know, and you guys have that repertoire. So I'm assuming that there's a lot of outtakes that they have when they're making this show with some banter between the two of you. hundred percent. I mean, Jesus, we were doing press the other day and I couldn't even get some, we had to do a couple things straight to camera. And I was just like, nope, can't do it. I, I'm, I just kept dying laughing. And once we start laughing, you can't stop. So the, the outtakes from the show, I can't imagine the amount of film <laughs> we've wasted. <laughs> My dad went out with this woman who is very famous here in Australia and she was morning television was what she did. And they would send all the outtakes of the year as a Christmas present. So as kids, we used to watch all the outtakes and there was hundreds, but it was, it was the funniest thing in the world. It was, you know, the best. Have they ever been able to send you a, a tape of outtakes or maybe that's under lock and key? I've seen, no, I've seen, I've seen clips certainly uh, when, when the editor comes across a really, you know, funny little thing, they'll, they'll, they'll share with us uh, or production will or Amazon will. Um, and it, and it's, <laughs> it's fun to relive it because you can, you know, you can take yourself back to that day. And I remember one, one really funny one that we were, Funny enough, we were in New York. We had shot this scene in 
Budapest. We shot it again in another country because it wasn't right. And it was inside of a tent, right? So it was something we could shoot in various locations. The exterior of that was shot in one location. And then the rest of it was, we just kept redoing it because it wasn't exactly right. Anyways, we're in the third time through it and they rewrote the dialogue. And it was very complicated. Like, you know, here's the, you know, asset talk and all the CIA talk. And we had been going for hours and lunch wasn't for another hour. And I was, I was dying. And they came by with these Jamaican beef patties from <laughs> New York. And, and I was like, and I don't, I typically don't do that, especially when you're in a scene with somebody. And I just housed it, ate it real. Cause they're like, we're, we're, <laughs> we're ready to go. And I was like, I just jammed the whole thing down. And literally Jack comes into the tent and he comes right up to me in this take in particular, he came right up to my face and I had just eaten this thing and I had just burped and he was just like, Jesus Christ. And it was <laughs> before we could get one that was an inference. And I remember the producing director was just sitting back there going, that's it, guys. Just waste my whole fucking day. This is great. The whole day. And the two of us were like two 10 year old kids just laughing so hard. It was really funny. Yes, that that's that'll teach you for hoovering it. You know, I was excited to chat with you today because I have this theory and I was wondering whether or not you did any research and watched this before you, you know, joined John on the show. But do you think he's doing a Harrison Ford impersonation with this character? I mean, is that his inspiration? Because there's some moments no. in this show where I'm like, who is that actor that he sounds like? And he sounds like Harrison Ford. No, I think that's, he, he does a little bit um, sound like him. And I, I could certainly hear that, but not, it is certainly, John is not one actor to, to ever do someone like he's, he's his own thing. Okay. And I, I think it's, it's something I appreciate so much about his work is that he would never, you know, it's always so unique what he does. It's so him, you know, um, I think those two guys, those two men playing the same character, of course, you're going to get similarities. But no, I can't speak for him, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say no. <laughs> going to say no. Okay. It just shows me with my fan. It probably says more about uh, my favorite Jack Ryan. Do people ask you that as well? Who's your favorite Jack Ryan after all? We've had so many of them. And then oh, yeah. make you, do you, obviously, if we take John out of the equation, who is your favorite? I can't, It's isn't it funny? Like, it's hard to remove him from it once you've seen it, right? It's hard to say yeah, because he really is my favorite. And I think the reason he's my favorite is because I feel to a certain extent that he did what nobody else did by bringing true heart and humanity to that character. True, like just real. It's something that, that I see a lot in John's work. He has the ability to tap into this, to that thing that's inside of him, that humanity and that heart and that passion and that drive. And it just comes out through not it's not necessarily what he's saying sometimes, but it's just he has that ability to do that. And look, those are all fine, incredibly fine actors that have played the role over the years. But it, I think that's why he he just that's what in my head is Jack Ryan is, is John because of that. He kind of has like an everyman sense to him. He, you want to be his friend. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he, he, he turns this character into something more real. I think it's the that's the word. It's the the realest we've seen this character in, in real world, the most relatable. And you're rooting for yeah. him the, the whole way through it. I think he kind of has this everyman quality. And I think, you know, I've, I've heard him say in a couple interviews, he says, you know, this is the neatest thing about playing Jack Ryan, he says, is that, and I'm paraphrasing, so don't quote me exactly, but he said basically, you know, that this is, as a kid, you're reading those books, you're watching those movies. It's someone you can become. He doesn't want to 
He doesn't fly shoot lasers out of his eyes. He is just the guy who went to a good school, who went to the CIA, and he could be your next door neighbor. You never know because CIA doesn't let you know if there's CIA agents or officers. Like you don't know your next door. Just letting you know that you're living next door to a CIA agent. Uh, (laughs) We're just going to blow his cover right now. Good luck with that. (laughs) (laughs) But doesn't it make it makes it that much more believable, right? Like that. That's. And I think that's why it's it is easy for for people to identify with that, you know. The show's kind of proof that TV has come such a long way with the quality of stunts and the writing on this show. Yeah, what about for you? Do you like telling stories in long form as opposed to a film where obviously there's the time constraint of you know getting your beginning and a middle and an out pretty quickly? Uh, as an actor, as a character actor, do you enjoy getting more involved? Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, you look at look at how my my November doesn't go through the, the what he's gone through from two to three in a short story format, right? In a film format. Like, it would be very difficult to have all those things happen that change that man so much that he does what he does, right? Or it would just be a little bit less believable because you spend those, those a little bit of time and you see it happen over time. I think it's far more interesting like that. I love doing films as well, but uh, there are some stories that are better suited for film and there are some stories that are better suited for for longer format television or streaming or whatever it's called today i don't know do we even call it television (laughs) but you know what i mean like jack ryan i think plays really well in long format because you can spend the time with these characters you can understand the decisions more you know you you understand you watch mission impossible you understand he goes from a to b and it happens like that and you you get it because the stories are very well written but when you get to see him make those decisions getting from A to B and you see all those things happening and what forces you down this path and then that path. And then that takes you to this path. For me, it's a, I like living in, you know, I'm watching 1883 right now and and you're just living with these people and you can sit in silence for a while because that's what real life is like. Silence happens and nothing happens and then things happen. And I love it. I love that. We forget in a way that TV and film and all of that's kind of a companionship. And the more real that you see these people, the more you connect to them. You know, the more you see yourself in the TV shows that you watch, the more relatable it is. So I, you know, I can see that. Do you get protective over your characters um, as time goes on? I mean, you've played some pretty iconic characters. You know, House of Cards would be one of them. But do you get protective over these characters and, you know, not, I don't know, want creative control over them? No, I don't. I am not a... um... Not a writer, and um, funny enough, I was going to direct the last season of House of Cards, but when it went down to less episodes, I ended up not uh, doing it. But I'm not creative in that way. For for my characters, I always feel that the writers, you know, these are people who spent their lives writing, you know, their lives creating. Do will I occasionally give feedback if asked? One hundred percent. What do you think? Would Doug do this, or would Mike do that? You know, then I can say. Well, that seems to fit logically and what, what I think of the character, sure. But I don't, I'm not protective in that way. I, I, I often joke on set. I'm like, just tell me where to stand and tell me what to say. Like, <laughs> dance, dance, monkey. I'll dance. You know, like it's that's because I feel like there are people who are better suited for that than I am. It must be surreal, though, to get to play these characters with so much, you know, interest in them. Do your friends and do your family, do your neighbors try and hit you up for the twists and turns on? Jack Ryan or the shows that yeah, you make? I'm, I'm, well, going back to House of Cards, you got to be damn good at it. Like that was, that was crazy. I mean, uh, 
remember season two, Kate Mara's character was not there for all of season two. Obviously, she died, and but we had to keep up the. You know, we were tweeting pictures of each other during filming of the second season that we had taken them all during season one. Um, and just you have to be, you have to be a good liar. And but my the cool thing is, is like my folks, my brother and sisters, they they don't even ask because they know I'm not going to tell them, and they don't want me to tell them. Like it's funny because I think people they want to know, but you know they don't want to know. So there's no point in telling them because they want to be surprised. They want to see it for the first time and feel it and. You know, it's like Sixth Sense, if you ever, if you remember that film. Like, if somebody told you what happens before you watched it, that sucks. <laughs> you know, it's really funny was that I was in uh, Bali. In, I don't know if you've ever been to Bali, but I was in Bali and they were selling those illegal DVDs. And this man said to me, uh, this is The Sixth Sense. He's like big movie in America. He said, Bruce Willis is a ghost. <laughs> and so I watched the whole of Sixth Sense. Uh, before I was out in the cinemas in Australia, and that was the reason why I bought it, and that's why I don't know why I was buying these illegal DVDs, but I still, to this day, I never bought another illegal DVD because the whole experience was ruined. But yeah, I watched <laughs> all of The Sixth Sense knowing that Bruce Willis was a ghost. Big mistake. Huge. I remember my buddy, I, we were working in this <laughs> consignment shop in Chelsea when I was still working uh, other jobs. And he said to me, he goes, have you, seen, uh, have you seen Sixth Sense yet? And I was like, no. And he's like, dude you're going after work and i was like i'll, I'll see it and he was like because i was like i see dead people i was like oh, i don't know it doesn't look like it's a movie for me and he was like go see it today after work and he literally walked with me after work to the theater <laughs> and i went in to see it he had already seen it so he stayed out and then i called him later that night and i was like thank you so much he was like now you see why he's like i just didn't want someone to tell you before you had a chance to see it so uh, i was very grateful and then, did you, is that the reason why? Because didn't you do Unbreakable? Didn't you work with M Night? That was a golden opportunity, man. I was that was that was so cool because you know, it was one of my it was very early in my career, and I remember the casting director Doug Abel and I were friendly at the time, and he was like, "I really want you to meet this director, and it's a, it's not a big role, but it's really it's a cool role." And and I just remember reading, it. and then I remember the trailer coming out, and we were playing poker over at my house, and all all the guys were downstairs in the basement, and I was upstairs and they just started screaming, dude. And by the time I got down the stairs, my I was still the voiceover for the whole commercial. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> this is crazy. But this you know, it was a small yeah. role, but it became the voiceover for the whole trailer, you know. And you know, it's just uh, that was uh that was a great, great honor, man, to be a part of M that Night's World. M Night film is my favorite, Unbreakable. Yeah. I just it's it's so good. I mean, The Sixth Sense is kind of a bit of a popcorn film in a way. I mean, there is a lot of depth to it as well. And Tony is so good in it. Uh, and Bruce is really good in it. Like, it's a great, it's a great film. Yeah. But Unbreakable gets me every time. You, like, start to watch it. And it's one of his more, it's longer films, but it's mm -hmm. absolutely brilliant. One of my coolest moments that I ever had on a set. So we were reading through that scene and, you know, basically I'm talking and the whole time Bruce Willis is like, uh, I, don't, I don't know what happened, blah, blah, blah. And 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 M Night was like, um, hang on guys, because it was a wonder. That whole sh the whole scene is just him pushing in over the dying body and me and him in the background, right? And then it gets to a two shot of us uh, profile. And so it was this long, doing one take, don't fuck it up kind of thing. And he said, guys, can I can we clear the set? And, and it was just me and M Night and Bruce and. I'm sitting there and I'm just listening to M Night talk and 
Bruce give feedback. And I'm just sort of like, oh, this is this is the most insane thing ever. This is, like I said, it's one of my early movies. And I look up across the room and there's Robin Wright just standing there across the room, just watching M. Night talk to the two of us. And I was like, holy shit, I'm doing it. I am in fucking Hollywood and I'm doing it, man. This is crazy. <laughs> it was just such a surreal moment. And then all those years later, you know, I told Robin the story and she was like, oh, that's so cute. Did she remember you? Did she remember? As in, of course she'd remember, yeah. but does she remember that moment, I should say? Probably not. I don't, I don't, I don't remember. I anyway, it's your life. It, it seems more yeah. potent for you. <laughs> exactly. Like, she's like, oh, yeah, you were there. That's cool. Um, That's amazing. <laughs> I think, I mean, you've made some brilliant films. When I was going to interview, I was talking to a friend of mine, and he was like, name three movies. And I, the movies that I named was Unbreakable, uh, The Changeling, uh, Man on the Moon, and Secret in Their Eyes. You've honestly, you've, you've got a fantastic resume, some fantastic characters, no, be, no matter whether or not it's a small role or a big role. And uh, I always enjoy watching you. I, th- I think you do a brilliant job. Everyone who joins the podcast has to tell a story about something from behind the scenes. Is there anything like a behind the scenes secret, like something strange that people, you know, who watch Jack Ryan wouldn't see? Like, how long do you get to learn your lines? Maybe that's a good secret. I don't know. Uh, not, sometimes not long enough because John likes to rewrite on the day. So, uh, or that, or that morning before he gets to work. So that's kind of a funny thing. He'll come, he'll come to set and he'll be like, "Hey, dude, all right, so check it out. I, I got the scene figured out now." And he's like, "So you're just gonna, we're gonna, I'll say this, and now you're, you're gonna say that instead of me, and then I'm gonna take this monologue from here and we're gonna put it over here." And I'm like, "Oh, dude, like I can't do it." And but it was one thing that I, uh, I became better at because of him. So I'm, I'm, as much as I hated it on the day, I'm, I'm grateful for it now. Brilliant. I love it. That's the best secret ever. Thanks, man. Take care, Enjoy being here in Australia and and enjoy chatting to the Australian media as well. You got it, buddy. Thank you, man. Have a good one. See you later.